Just a little bit of a disclaimer this time, guys. We're broaching a sensitive subject that affects a lot of people. We're going to be kind of diving into the intricacies of anxiety and the things that follow. So listeners, be warned. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Apparently, the way I introduced that was a little bit odd because everyone's sitting here laughing because I went, hey, we're going to dive into some dark stuff, but otherwise, have a great time. So today, we have got another guest with us. Obviously, I'm Sarah. I am Joe. But this is Nikki. And Nikki is a great friend of ours who is here to kind of shed some light on a subject that a lot of people experience, but few know how to talk about. As always, we have a couple things to talk about beforehand. Welcome to Brain Dead. Sarah. Joe. What, <laughs> what music do we have this week? <clears throat> we have the Throat Clearing Symphony. <clears throat> <laughs> Everybody all at once. Oh, we that's all the sound you make when you get angelic. uncomfy. <laughs> Anytime you're embarrassed or you do something that makes you embarrassed, what you do is you go, ah, and it wipes away the memory. You, you don't know, believe us? Just you know, do it publicly you know who told and me as that? loud as you can. Do we have to fit out and give credit? Where this so, yeah, we should give credit. My mom <laughs> has done that my whole life, and she was like, hey, I don't know if anyone knows, but every time I think about something embarrassing, I just sing. <laughs> We're sitting <laughs> at a Mexican restaurant, she said, I've never done anything embarrassing. <laughs> she was sitting there, and she went, ah. <laughs> I think I think maybe I do do embarrassing stuff, but then I just go ah, and it goes away. That's how I get rid of it. Hmm. Okay, that was probably the best. And then we were all ever. opera singing in a Mexican restaurant together. She proceeded to tell us she'd only fallen down twice in her adult life, and I had fallen down twice this past week. You'd fallen down twice in the past fifteen minutes at that point. <laughs> I'll tell this. I'll tell this story. This fall story. It was I was at work and. I work at a dentist office and I was setting something up and there's a whole bunch of like cords and wires and like tubes and everything. And my ankle got caught in one and I, I didn't notice. So I turned to walk away and it got me and it yanked my foot up like in a cartoon. And the only reason I didn't fall because the floor is gross and there was people around. And um, I looked up to make sure no one had seen me. And then I was I was face to face with my boss who was very concerned about me, which only made it worse. And then I think about it at least once a day. So the conversation—it doesn't work. <laughs> so the conversation we were having was about: Have you ever done anything embarrassing that just lives with you every day? That just kind of stays in your head and heavy on the front of your mind. And basically, what I said was: uh, About every six minutes, I recall something embarrassing I've done in my life. Uh, just, just for about a decade. That's just what it is. I'm 30 now. I remember everything I've ever done that made me feel weird. I remember everything I've ever done that made someone else feel weird. Uh, like this one that time I started a podcast where I started making mouth noises that I had to edit out, you know, like this. <laughs> you ASMR, became self-aware guys. and no one was ever meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay that, unaware that just, of yourself. <laughs> that just tells me I'm not an NPC. I am very self-aware. <laughs> I'm questioning the programming. Trust me. So we were talking about things that, were, that, that, that we did that embarrass us. And yeah, well, I told some that I'm not going to tell on here, but I'll tell one. I've been married almost 10 years now. And about six months ago, my wife was chasing me, as couples do, chase each other around being silly. And she chased me out into the garage, and I hit a button to raise the garage door. And for the first time in our entire marriage, she saw me fall down. <laughs> I tried to duck because the door was not open enough, and I collided with my forehead, which is an infinite head because I have no hair. It just continues. So I collided with the top of my face into a garage door and just 
beefed it. <laughs> My wife made this squealing noise. Ah, are you okay? I'm fine. Why? That was the point. She said, I've never seen you fall before. And I'm like, <laughs> I fell. I've seen you fall four times this week. I fell at your house and it was the worst fall I've had in a long time. I was about to tell that story. Yeah, I was. It was last summer and y'all were moving your camper around. And I was like, no, thank you. That looks like manual labor. <laughs> so I got my hammock, which I always have with me in my car. I actually have two. And I, I set up the small one because I thought it would be easiest. And um, I was just swinging in it on the trees. And then I heard one of y'all were like, Sarah, come help us do whatever. Jess. And I was like, oh, fine. So I go to roll out and my foot gets caught and I'm just tangling. Pause. If you could see the look of disgust on her face when she's my foot got caught. <laughs> my foot gets wrapped up in the hammock and I'm dangling off of the, the hammock. But it's like down a hill straight into a storm drain. <laughs> And I finally get my foot loose and I roll all the way down the hill, almost all the way to the storm drain. On all the prickly things. And there's like, I had to change my shirt because it was covered in mud and dirt. There was scrapes and scratches all the way on my side of my back. I was like, Jessica, I hurt myself real bad. Please tell me you saw it or it wasn't worth it. My sunglasses <laughs> I was wearing, like way across the yard. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. And I was like, can you ring camera catch it from that far away? <laughs> and they were like, no, it's for your door. So no. And I was like, I fell for nothing. And my back really hurts. I she went home. She had like straw in her hair. I went home. <laughs> you did. You were gone and like, well, you stayed a little bit. You stayed what? like 20 an, more minutes. Maximum an hour. Wasn't an hour? Maybe. I know that I ended up having to give you a t-shirt because yeah, I had, like, this one's I, nasty. It was covered in mud. I was dirty. I had to go home. <laughs> it's a very steep front yard. It's it really quite hurt. aggressive. <laughs> it really didn't feel nice. And I was thinking about that story Sunday night when we were walking out to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's dark. I heard you. I was. I parked across the street because there was so many people when I got here, and you were like, "I hope I don't fall." And I <laughs> did I you laughed. hear me laughing when you did that? You laughed too. I laughed aloud from across the street, and she went, "Did you hear that?" And I was like, "Yes, I did it on purpose." <laughs> <laughs> My wife has fallen down our driveway three separate times, oh. and each time she hurts the same knee. Each time it hurts for six months. Now one day. <laughs> been in this house uh three years last month so, so she's had a good year and a half <laughs> yeah she has she did it uh towards the end of last year though oh <laughs> like, that one was a good one july or august she got really far down the hill <laughs> she did that's the one i was going to tell so she goes to walk in we've got this no, we got this fairly steep incline that is our driveway obviously uh, what they're talking about and she starts walking down because her car is parked pretty close to the edge of the driveway and 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 she Kind of took a sidestep and her, her foot went off the edge of the concrete. <laughs> and I hear, oh! <laughs> and her right knee made contact with the ground. And I hear this tumbling noise, like rolling a bouncy ball down the stairs, right? <laughs> and I turn around and look, and she's just flopping on her way down the hill. I said, Are you okay? She's like, No! <laughs> She told me, no, I'm not okay. She's flopping. <laughs> she had a hard fall, oh. man. Okay, we went to Six Flags the other day to get our season passes set up at, for the beginning of the year. And my sister, the one who only ate tacos a couple years ago. Why is that the only point you bring up about that sweet girl? Because she hates it so much. But she is the kindest child. Oh, I Leave love her, her dearly, but I, I gotta. I just gotta. <laughs> so I convinced her. I was like, I feel like now's the time to bring up that I got Greta Van Fleet tickets. And I know I say it. <laughs> several times but i'm gonna say it again but my sister also really likes them so i got one for her too and i can't go places by myself so i had to bring my dad <clears throat> so i bought three tickets and i was like 
I'll also buy you a little outfit and we'll dress up like we're the sun and the moon because it's for Halloween. It's the Saturday before Halloween. Oh. So you got to dress good, right? You got to dress cool. So we're going <laughs> to be the human version of the sun and the moon. Did you just say you were going to dress cool? Yeah. Okay. Lie to everybody. Then. Hey. <laughs> Take a picture. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it back now. I laugh too much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was like, I texted Emma, and I'm I was really enjoying getting to see the behind the scenes <laughs> of when y'all just crack up. So much of this I have to cut out. I sit there listening to it, and I'm like, <laughs> and we're trying not to laugh, and it turns into this weird little asthmatic burst of noises. <laughs> So I texted Emma and I was like, hey, you know how I bought you Greta Van Fleet tickets and I'm like going to buy you an outfit and all of that good stuff? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you're riding roller coasters tomorrow. She doesn't like roller coasters. <laughs> she doesn't like anything. Oh. She ate tacos for the first time a year ago. Didn't you hear that the Come first nine episodes she said that, of course? I do I do remember that, that she has not eaten tacos until very recently, but um, I didn't know that. that She likes nothing. She's very easily scared. My wife fussed at me today because I was at Publix getting my lunch, and I saw that they had a street tacos kit for two. It's $10, if anyone's interested. It said, make six tacos, and she goes, get it. I said, I'm not going to eat six tacos for lunch. She said, put it in the fridge and bring it home. I said, no. She said, get it for supper. I said, no. She said, bring it home. No. <laughs> and then I got in trouble. <laughs> she wanted street tacos. She did, man. Well, now you have an idea for when you want to surprise her with something Sweet, but not quite, not too expensive. Or something savory. True. I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, what it is. Good one. Ah. You've been hanging around with Grace. Hilarious. Did you just grab my weenus? <laughs> <clears throat> for those of you listening. There's no of that. <laughs> sidebar. For those of you listening, a weenus is the technical name for that skin that sits atop the bones of your elbow. It's that bit that if, apparently, if you lick it, you don't feel it. Go ahead. Try to lick your elbow. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Go ahead. You got so many people. You definitely got one person in particular, I can tell. You didn't lick your elbow, did you? <laughs> Just because you tried, though. <laughs> so my sister... I need someone else to laugh. <laughs> Stop. So my sister... <laughs> I guilted her into one roller coaster. I was like, just give me one. I was like, just one. Did she enjoy it? She loved it. I was like, let's ride the Scorcher. It's my favorite. You get to stand up and everything. And she was like, okay, one. And the lines were really short because it was a Friday at 12 o'clock and it was cold. So I was like, let's just ride this one. It'll take like, like we walked right on. Uh There was no line. And she was like, I'm scared. And I was like, well, we're already here and you're strapped (laughs) in. So it's going to be fine. And she was like, just, this is the only one though. We rode it a second time. (laughs) Did she try another one? And then... She rode the daredevil dive, complained the whole way up through the line. She complained. She was like, I'm not, I don't think, uh uh-uh, I don't think I'm going to do it. It looks super scary. If you don't know what the daredevil dive is, it goes straight up and then straight back it down. It has an invert. It's like an it does. Drive. It goes even more than to straight ride back it several down. times. It is fun. It is fun. I it love is it. so fun. Okay, mm-hmm. so I do this thing. Where, no, hold on. Let me go first. Wait. No, I, no, no. I do no. this thing I'll where forget. I'm a large no, creature stop. and I'm scared of gravity. <laughs> okay. So she was like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, look at that small kid. Look at that. It was like seven-year-old. He was like, I'm like, look at him. He's doing it. 
He's way smaller than you. Just do it. And she was like, fine. So we're waiting. We're going through. And she's like, I'll only write it if I can sit in the middle of it, which is understandable because like in the front is a little bit much. You can see where you're going. I don't like that either. So we sit in the middle row and they kind of stop you before you go up because they got to make sure the the car that was before you gets all the way through. And she's sitting there completely silent. And then we get and we're going straight up and it makes it goes so slow yes, when does. you're going and up. And you feel like you're going to fall out back. And we're completely flat on our backs. And she's like, no, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, baby, she's shaking late. her head. She's like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's a bit late, love, because we're um, at the top now. And then it goes down and she was like, Wah! and then she was like, oh, because then it gets really slow. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. That's yeah. the that's it. That's the drop. And then you're done. And it's kind of like, do, 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 do. And she was like, well, that was fun. And I was like, uh-huh. She was like, let's ride so many more. And I was like, let's yay. go. She loves them. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one? The It doesn't have any loops. The Goliath. Yes. Oh, my word. She won't ride it. Oh, She's that's scared. My favorite. It's it my was favorite my first too. roller coaster, and I'm deathly afraid of heights. But you know, the last two times we went to Six Flags, it was down because it had been struck by lightning. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, probably because so. it's tall enough to be a lightning yes. rod for the whole yes, park. It is. But I also like the Batman. Did you ride the Batman? That's my favorite. We I didn't can't ride the Batman anymore. Why? Oh, no. I have grown up. First, oh, he's my too torso tall. He's too is big. too tall. I'm long torsoed and short legged. Yes, you are. And so my my dad I, can't either. I'm my dad can't either. Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting here and the these poor kids that run these rides. Oh my word! I'm so sorry if you've had to buckle me in. So <laughs> this, I refuse this, to let anyone else buckle me. I figured out because please don't touch me. <laughs> oh no! I need that force. I need to know that I've been shoved in. But I also lock it in again once we're going back, uh-huh. and I feel skinnier. Yeah. You know? And then I'm like, <laughs> get that extra. So yeah, they, this, can't breathe. that's okay. Hold on. That's, that's I'll part sacrifice of this. for safety. So this skinny young guy, he walks over. And he looks at my big butt, trying to sit <laughs> on the front row. First of all, you're trying that's to buckle yourself, and you can't even see it right <laughs> so he walks in there. over i'm sitting there he sighed audibly <laughs> he went, oh, i would have left i and said cried. i can get up he goes nah man you're good i'm like oh, i really can leave he's like no it's okay <laughs> but His it wasn't kid was defeated and the day wasn't half over so he walks over he grabs this thing shoves it down <laughs> until he can just barely click the belt into the bottom i'm like i don't feel safe he goes hold on bro that's <laughs> exactly what he said and it was super quiet and he made eye contact with me so now i have to trust him it's <laughs> also really weird <laughs> and it's dark so and damp he, yeah. no 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 well there's a lot of people in this room at the moment the lights are still on no but it's, the ride it's hasn't a little moved. bit dark though and a little bit damp all the time yeah, i know yeah. it looks like a sewer in there it, well, i mean it's so gotham the guy, city underground hold on be, yeah. so this guy walks and he stands directly in front of me places one leg at a steep angle behind him, both hands on it, looks me dead in my eye and said, breathe. And he goes, click. He got one solid click. And while I'm still making eye contact with him, I start to breathe like this. He didn't ask if I was okay. He he went, you're good, bro. And then he walked away from me and while going, Tell me you didn't ride the ride. Oh, I sure did. Oh no, you got mom in trouble. You just got mom too far in. It's a matter of principle now. You go ride. Right, right. This kid put a lot of effort into it, and he looked me in my eyes. I have to trust his effort. So I looked down at the belt, and please don't do that. Oh, note yourself. Never make eye contact with the guy buckling you into the roller coaster because you're committed. I never. This is not. I don't have commitment issues. I was fully dedicated, so I reached down and go and i yanked the belt and i got an 
I got a good five inches out of that belt when I pulled it. He stuffed my giant body into that machine. <laughs> and <laughs> they hit the button to make it go. And I, can, I can't turn my head because... Because it's on you. Because <laughs> <Yes, yes. laughs> I got my hand out. Like, I've got room. I wiggle around. I have and, plenty of room yes. in the shoulder region. <laughs> I think it was... I'm very Lindley. much... There's, there was some young person sitting beside there. me. I will not ride the ninja because of that. So I reached over oh, and no. I was able to touch the arm of the person me sitting me beside me. Game. I don't remember who it was. It may have been <clears> Jess, honestly. And it starts moving. And I, I can't remember who it was, but I hear, are you okay? And I'm like, No. <laughs> But I'll survive. <laughs> it starts going. It's whoa, 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 swirly and and loopy. But and when we you get go back. up, does you, do you get a breath? No, it kind of raises you. Know. you up? No. Oh, you don't raise up because you're stuck in there. Right. I literally get I air. Am packed in My like butt sardines. is off of the seat. No. Oh, yeah. Does that happen to you? I am. I'm, I am. I'm airborne. Yes. Which is part of the fun. Yeah. Right. Because it feels like you're gonna die. Yeah, I, don't, no. I don't understand why he thinks it's that fun. <laughs> you're not. It's, there's no danger. There. You're just actually in danger. This was an air compressor no situation. There is more body in there's that no seat danger, than it was ever designed fun. to hold. <laughs> no fake danger. Exactly. So we it go over the loop. Danger. It'd just be scary. I can't <laughs> exactly. breathe. So when you go over the first loop, I almost blacked out. But there's two loops in that one. The second loop of Batman, I passed out for a moment because I couldn't breathe. I went. <gasps> <laughs> and the right as the ride ended, I went. <gasps> And that's how I was breathing. <laughs> oh, my stomach. That same kid came over, made eye contact with me, and unbuckled me. He had to make sure you were okay for legal reasons. Uh-uh. He did not look happy. He did not look pleased to see me. He went, you good? I went, thanks. Because that's all I could get out. I couldn't say it loud. Thanks. So the first he time. He earned his paycheck that I'm day. I'm starting to know. wonder if he was, you know, a little bit. Sadistic? Know, yeah, making, maybe wanting you to die or something. <laughs> I mean, find the power. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a bald, thing, chubby white kid. I don't know. I will not ride the Superman. I love because the Superman. That's my that, favorite that, Because one. of that pass out thing. You know where you're on the loop and you go at the bottom and you're looking up at the sky. At that point, there's so much pressure that for that however many, like half a second to a second, maybe not much, I, I feel like my head is going to explode. I don't. I, I feel like I'm melting into a it. puddle of I boys. I feel like <laughs> hate it. That, is that, that one spot <gasps> on the ride, I will not ride it. That and the fact that one, the first time I rode it, maybe the second time, I think I gave it two chances. The second time I rode it, there was a malfunction a with the train in the um, in front of us. Oh, no. Um, and so we were stuck. And, you know, Superman flying. First of all, that's my favorite. For like 15 minutes. It's no. not fun when you're up there for 15 minutes. I know, but don't you feel so light and like you actually are flying? Not after I 15 minutes. I bet you're right. That's probably true. After 15 yeah. minutes, oh, look, it feels like after, someone after has breached about, the Geneva Convention. Yeah, look, after about 15 seconds, you're like, okay, I need to get out of this now. Okay, so how you were saying when they buckled you in, the first time me and Emma rode the Scorcher, I buckled myself in and I was sitting on the right side. <laughs> And the kid just like, you know, they push it way too hard and you're like, yes. because they are racing because that's what you got to do to make your job fun. I understand. But you're he was like, Goliath, right? you're talking about the Goliath. No, the scorcher. Oh, I'm thinking Goliath where you're held down by a bicycle seat on an arm. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're on scorcher and it's the one that you stand up. I thought Goliath had a harness. Like no, it's uh-huh. like a Goliath has a single oh, that bar that is. comes between That's your right. legs yep. and then has what appears to be an orange wide bi- bicycle yes. seat that they just click down and never, ever look at me. Never feels good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could tell you a story about um, acrophobia. 
I will not ride that. I, I don't either. I don't do heights. I'm, scared I'm of heights. horrified of heights. It's I'm not the height heights that bothers when they're me. Dropping me. Right. It's <laughs> I'm not, scared of being dropped. Right. I'm I'm not scared of heights. I'm not even scared of the fall. I'm just really bad at the landing, so I don't want to practice. <laughs> okay, so Makes sense. we ride the first time and I'm on the right side and they're racing down and he like pushes way too hard and I'm like, Ooh, but he locked it in really good. Like really good. Like I couldn't even lock it again when we went flat. And I was like, Well, I feel quite safe, but I cannot breathe. But the problem was I was helping Emma because she could not figure out the seatbelt buckle, yeah. which is just exactly like a seatbelt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I can't do it. <laughs> and so it's I was a like, belt, though. it's not the shoulder. Thing. No, it's just like buckles in front of you. Yeah. So I was like on my toes, leaning over to do it as they click it in. So I'm on my toes the whole time because okay. I wasn't flat footed because I was trying to help Emma. And it was by my legs yeah. were in pain. Yes. I was in pain. I imagine you were. But I wrote it again, and my mom came this but time. But I wrote it again. So I'm on the left now. I had I had a <clears throat> nephew who did the same thing. I hate it. it. It was very. It was not a pleasant ride for him. Well, it's a little bit different, but it yeah. still wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little we, bit we, different. We were, we were teasing. It were, he, we told him when you get in, you know, squat just a little bit. That mm-hmm. way, you know, it's comfortable. Well, he was doing the you know little kid thing and bouncing up and down, and when it locked, it no, locked absolutely up. not. <laughs> Oh, oh, we're still talking about the scorcher. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I wrote it one time. I will never yeah. touch it again. I love it. I like this. <clears throat> I, I the felt sec- as no, though on. I had been sent to prison <laughs> and had been tortured. Oh, no. The second time. I think my nephew did, too. I was on the left side, so it was a different kid checking your bubble. I felt like somebody was playing golf. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, a, it was a different kid checking my buckle. First of all, he got way too close to me. I could smell him. It smelled nice, but I don't want to smell you. You're a stranger. <laughs> You don't know his mama. I don't know your mama. (laughs) You do know my mama. I do. I got super close and she smacked me in the face. (laughs) I thought it was going to make a noise, but you have stuff on your face. It's called hair. Yeah. I don't have any on my head. I had to put it somewhere. So he's, first of all, my face is in his chest. And I was like, hi, sir. (laughs) And he shoved in that buckle so hard that it clicked way more than it normally does. Like it clicked in an extra time. And I was like, I've never felt safer. I have never felt safer. I want you to follow me around the park so you can buckle me in everywhere. Because I'm... What if he did, though? I'm... Sure. Come on, bud. Because I was good to go. They could... Hey, that's an improvement for her because she doesn't know his mother. I don't. That's right. That's a stranger. I know it's a stranger, but But he buckled me in so well. The difference is this is a stranger who got rid of danger. Exactly. Because he made her safe. He did. That's right. I was like... He buckled me in so good. I want him to go everywhere with us so I never die. (laughs) (laughs) At least not at Six Flags. (laughs) (laughs) He he goes to Walmart with her, puts puts her in the little kid buggy and buckles her in the little blue plastic seat. The thing is, once he like stood off, he was probably not even three inches taller than me. And for those of you who don't know me, I am five foot three. S-M-O-L, small. Um, And he was a like teenage boy, barely taller than me. Which is whatever. Yeah. It's not my business. You're probably going to grow again. He was probably like 16. So, but your dad does roller coasters and all that? Uh, he does. Does he enjoy them? No. Nah. Yeah. Dave's not a fan either. Well, he's so much. He says Six Flags much. is a stationary carnival. <laughs> he's so tall. I've reached that position in my life. <laughs> Got there about a year ago. I don't enjoy roller coasters anymore. Yeah. There's a video somewhere of me riding Goliath. <laughs> 
which was my first roller coaster. That's a bold move. Yeah. Well, especially when you have a great big fear of heights. So the video is... uh, Why do all grown men have a fear of heights? Because all grown men have done something stupid and fallen down. Well, I've fallen down often. Yeah, but you fall from a very low place. (laughs) That's not my fault. This is how God made me. I almost <laughs> fell off the roof one time. Well, get My off the wife roof. doesn't listen to this, so she doesn't know. But I almost fell off the roof one time at this house. <laughs> I don't do that thing that almost made me fall off the roof anymore, but well, I did that one time. one time. I slid. Hold on. So I slid no. down the roof. So there's a video of me going up the initial incline on Goliath. <clears throat> and at some point, someone decided to put the video in slow motion. I'm terrified. I'm a young man. I'm not 30. I was maybe 20. You didn't run a roller coaster until you were 20? I don't know. 30 is still kind of young, Joe. I was a younger man. (laughs) So in slow motion, which means the audio is slowed down, what you hear is, Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to poop. (laughs) And at every family get-together... My dad will bring that video out that apparently he has put on his phone or, or he showed it on his TV at his house I'm before. send that to AFV. <laughs> and you see me just looking absolutely mortified. <laughs> going, oh no, I'm gonna poop. <laughs> my family brings it up all the time. Oh, we talked about going to Six Flags. We went this past, uh, I think we went Monday. Uh-huh. And Jess said, remember that video? I'm like, yes, I remember the video. <laughs> The video everyone in the family knows about. We're so, going to pass it down to our grandchildren. The first Remember that time your grandpa said he was going to poop? <laughs> the first memory I have on a big roller coaster was the Georgia Cyclone. And my best friend at the time, her mom worked for Southwire. Mm-hmm. And so Six Flags would have Southwire night where the only people in the park were people who worked for Southwire. And so like all of the kids that we were friends with in middle school and junior high and high school were there. So it was like, Carrollton's kids just like running around Six Flags. Oh, yeah. It was so fun and cool. And then every like family got an extra ticket or so. Mm-hmm. And they would she would take me every year because I was friends with her mom too. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, that works. Um, and the first real roller coaster memory I have is we're on that. That's the that's one of the wooden ones. Uh huh. It's the one right when you go in on yeah, the right. On the right. And um, it's not called the Georgia Cyclone anymore. It's not. I can't remember. But it that's how long ago this was. It was the Georgia Cyclone. For those of you listening, it is now 9 p.m., which means Sarah needs to take her allergy medicine. (laughs) (laughs) You brought it downstairs, right? Yeah, it's in my hands. (laughs) Groovy. (laughs) I never remember to bring it down here. (laughs) You know how many times we've been recording in here? And I go, time to take your medicine. (laughs) Josie texted me last time, and she was like, it's 9 o'clock. Take your medicine. You develop these patterns, and then everyone sees them. <laughs> and then if they don't, you tell them about them. Like when you said every Wednesday, the people at work tell you, oh, happy coffee day. Because I get coffee every Wednesday on the way to church. And then uh-huh. what I did is I set for three straight weeks an automated message from my phone. I scheduled the messages. Mm-hmm. So it was like 5 o'clock every, every Wednesday for three weeks. I sent a message that said happy coffee day. Just <laughs> So those of you listening know she did not respond one time. no. Not even once. Did she wave with her coffee cup? When she no. <laughs> she didn't acknowledge me because she's grumpy on Wednesdays. Because Wednesday she has to get off work day. and then do more peopling. It's, and tired. I totally understand because I work with the public every day. Wednesdays can be exhausting. Like it's great to get together and do Bible study with everybody. But then there's so once many Once I get people. there, I'm good. But on the way, I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm, yeah. 
Wednesdays, well. I, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's halfway through the work week and I've dealt with a lot of people I'm by exhausted Wednesday. on Wednesdays. No, it's not even that. That's the peak of my tiredness. My people battery has run low. I'm people running low People are crazier on, social on Wednesdays. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you reset on Thursday? Kind of, yeah. So no, maybe you, it'd be better to do a Tuesday night before you reach that point or a Thursday night when you're recharged. Do you agree that people are worse on Wednesdays? Yeah. What is that? They're, they're all tired, at, too. They're at the peak of the angry part I'm of the week. I'm tired, too, but you don't have to be rude. Well, because at this point, they're going, We're it's halfway tired. through the week. Yeah. And they're excited because it's halfway through the week. And then they get that immediate downer of, still got a few days. <laughs> but and you so don't take it's that on me. I didn't make with the anger, schedules. And that turns into the worst version of you. I didn't ask I you to be mean. Scientific study. I saw this thing. I saw a thing that said, oh, whoever good. decided we work five days a week and <laughs> only rest for two, your mama's a jerk. The camel. It's because you're almost at the top of the hill and you're tired from pulling it. Mm-hmm. My I'm eight-year-old good. told me a joke this week. Wait, no. Let me tell my story that I was in the middle of telling. She said, what do you call a thrice-humped camel you're or mean. a three-humped camel? She said, pregnant. And my eight-year-old told me this joke. Anyways, so the first memory I ever have on a roller coaster, I'm riding it with my middle school best friend, and we're riding it. And I look over at her and she has like, she had dark skin, like darker, way darker than me. And I look over at her halfway through to be like, ha ha, this is so fun. And she's completely purple. And I was like, oh no, are you okay? And she's she, just all tensed up. She went, no. And I was <laughs> like, oh. I was like okay, well. <laughs> Let's read the rest of it. And I was like, oh, ah! good. Now we know. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I checked in. <laughs> well, Gracie's my roller coaster riding partner. I oh, love. I, I'll ride roller coasters with people. Uh, we went with, I think we went with the youth group one time. We should go speedily. Mm-hmm. I have Swiftly. a season pass. I know. So I had people that would, uh, no, I, I definitely rode it before I was an adult. I just, I guess, yeah, I went with the youth group when I was a teenager in LaGrange. So I went when I was. I don't know, 15, 16. So I, I know that I'd gone before then, but there's, I don't know. So Goliath terrifies me. That's all you need to know for them to have captured that video when I didn't know they were recording. Anyways. How did they even record you? Phone. They had it out on the ride? I don't know, man. Ask my dad. He's got the video. But that's crazy. <laughs> dad. Was it your dad? Dad, feel free to send that video. Is his name Jeffrey? Hey, everyone. Answer me. Just in case you're curious, <laughs> you can feel free to send any request or funny videos to braindeadpc21 at gmail.com. Again, that is braindeadpc is in podcast21 at gmail.com. Also Jeffrey, follow our TikTok. Feel free is to that do his that. name? Yes. Yeah. Also follow us on TikTok because I post stuff sometimes. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y because the other way is wrong. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Huh? <laughs> How do you spell it? J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. There's also people that are like English. It's G-E-O-F-F-E-R-Y. That's Joffrey. Joffrey. Exactly. Joffrey. That's posh. Joffrey. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's a butler. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> or a gentleman's gentleman. Mm-hmm. But it would get to the point where people would think that I should be their dedicated riding partner because I go absolutely insane when I'm terrified. I don't want to ride roller coasters with you anymore. Why? If you're going to get spooked, it's going to spook me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only spooked at the beginning. But then once it goes, like, you know, to the exciting part, it's like, Aah! Once your adrenaline kicks in. I'm immediately <laughs> excited. I do the immediate scream, and then I begin to cackle, and I'll lose my voice. I laugh. I laugh at roller coasters, too. <laughs> Gracie asked In me case you're not sure, Sarah and I are the same person. <laughs> she said, 
are you scared? I said, no. She said, well, why do you scream? I said, because it's fun. You gotta. Right? (laughs) You gotta. Oh, okay. So I scream on roller coasters because it's fun and I like to be scared, but I'm not really scared, but I want to yeah. Really lean in. It's the illusion <clears throat> of danger. Exactly. I mean, technically, I guess there really is danger involved. I guess so, but, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. So the first time we go through it's the scorcher, I'm screaming because that's what you do. But it's windy, so sometimes I'm like... <laughs> 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 like like but you've got an oxygen pump on. For the most part, I'm screaming. And we get to the end, and I'm was like, why were you screaming? And I was like, because it's fun. And she was like, oh. I'll try it next time. <laughs> so, I so I don't think Gracie's ever tried it. Have you know what that makes me think of? Her saying when she's screaming and then the air hits in her face, she's like, ah. <laughs> No, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> that's no, what, let me finish the story. Please, 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 okay. please, please. Okay. Remind so me. So we go through the next time. Like, we ride the second way through. And she's like, I'm going to scream this time. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, uh. <laughs> 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 that is so funny and I was like what is that right I right ended and I was like what in the world was that and she goes I tried to scream but I couldn't so I just made that noise <laughs> it has to like earn a scream that's so funny <laughs> so scared she can't go <laughs> she wasn't she was just doing her best and that's all she had if i'm not scared i can't scream i was like what is wrong with you <laughs> and then i did mean to say that while we were waiting in line for the daredevil dive you know everyone like screams while they're going mm-hmm. down and um the one a couple before us like they went up and no one screamed but one kid and they just went wow <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was startled for a moment no one else screamed <laughs> nobody else just that one kid he was like what <laughs> So sometimes, babies... Don't forget your story. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sometimes, <gasps> babies will... You messed up my stuff. I didn't mess anything up. Okay. I'm a wizard. <laughs> I arrive only when I intend to. So sometimes... <laughs> I'm never early or late. I am always on time. That's right. <laughs> babies will scream, and it'll be over something nonsensical. And this, from my experience, works up until about their third birthday. They're ah! blowing their face. You get this little. <laughs> oh, look. no, I do that. I do that. Really? I did that to my sisters. <laughs> the mother in the room says, no, no. No, and no I'm, I'm thinking about, I don't want somebody doing that to me. No, no not as a grown. Adult. I don't do but it to like, grown people. Toddler and down. I don't down. want to do it to a toddler. <laughs> toddler and down when they scream they're and they're like. freaking they're out, man. Yeah, and then you just blow in their face and they're like. <gasps> and then they kind of calm down. Yeah, it works. Cool. Because it So kind you're of, telling me you never blew in your kids' faces when they screamed? No. Would you, you do stare at them? Um, depends on the situation. She did the good motherly thing and consoled them. I either, I, I either address I was the like, problem or I disappoint them. I would do it over and over, too. Depending on how old they were. When I was a kid in daycare, and I have no idea why this works, and it has not worked ever again, I was... Keep talking. You're going to cut his arm? So I was at daycare, and this kid in the like baby class <laughs> simply would not stop screaming, and it annoyed me so bad. I was down the hall in another classroom. I was maybe eight. Maybe. <laughs> and I walked out of the classroom, walked up to the woman who was holding the baby, looked at the baby and went, stop it. And the baby just immediately, no more crying. Dead stop. And the woman goes, how did you do that? So, said, so did they transfer you to the baby class? 
She said, how'd you do that? I said, he knew I meant it. (laughs) 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 I think that may have been the beginning of of all my cold actions over my life. (laughs) That one time I yelled at a baby. Can you stop moving? Can I? Thank you. No, I'm a shark. If I stop moving, I'll die. I have to wiggle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Josie. All right, folks, we have reached the end of our initial chunk. Let's, uh, Sarah, do you have any music or are we going to wait? Oh, I do have music. All right, we're going to go to the music. And then just one more reminder, folks, we're now about 35 minutes in. It is, uh, yeah, this is how easy it is. We're now about 35 minutes in. And after Sarah gets done with her music, we are going to transition into the subject of the day. So, again, this is your heads up. If it's going to make you uncomfortable, feel free to turn it off now. Not now. Wait till my music. Yeah, well, <laughs> after she's done with music. Unless you have really poor taste and you're not going to listen to her music anyways, then go ahead. <laughs> That's Or just power through, champ. We believe in you. That's very bold. <laughs> no one. Look, I like the music. You like the music. If they don't, they're punks. Okay. <laughs> I mean this. Listen, I mean this from the middle of my heart. The middle. <laughs> saw that TikTok, the girl said, I'm trying my best, but deep down in my middle, I'm a hater. No, she said, I'm really trying to be better, but to my very core, I am a hater. I've never resonated with something so much. Uh, I don't get that vibe from me. Do you know who the Lumineers are? That was pretty good, right? That was good. <laughs> yeah, I know who the Lumineers are. So this are. is a band. It's just this dude. His name is Gregory Allen Isakov, and he has their same sound. No. He has their same sound. I'll add them to your list. They're pretty good. Um, also, I found a song that I really liked, so I went to the EP, and it's the Plain White Tees. The plain white tees have always been quality. I know, but I didn't even recognize them. Look, look, like when I listened to it again, I was like, "Oh, that's definitely." The plain. But it didn't occur to me. To this day, I've never met anyone named Delilah, and I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I've never been given you the opportunity to say, Delilah. "Hey there." I know of a Delilah. They call her Lila. That's cute. Next time you see her, will you tell her I said, "Hey there"? I've never met her in person. Well, you don't know her that well. <laughs> I don't know her. I know her. Personal <laughs> mama. Um, friend of a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cage the Elephant, which I'm surprised I haven't listened to prior to now. Like the whole year. <laughs> Stick out your keyboard. So you guys know, I'm going to let Sarah continue, but <clears throat> one of my favorite things to do is to hand people things. <laughs> I currently have medical scissors in my hands. <laughs> Nikki, what are you holding? Um, the the neck to a neck bass to guitar. A bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was no neck. strings, no bolts, no just anything. The just the neck. Just a neck. There's not even a neck. Than I, um, it was. Oh, is that yeah, the one you gorgeous. got at a guitar center that you made me drive an hour and a half to get? Keyboard there. So Did you guys Joe know texted that, me and yeah. he was like, "You want to go to a guitar center tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and then <laughs> she wanted to do much more than that, but let her lie to you. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, "No, not really, but okay." She was excited. So we meet here. I'm a blast with. Um, Brianna and Gavin, and we take my car because I have the best gas mileage car, which is unfortunate because I've discussed with you previously today how much I pay for gas. And then Gavin was the navigator. Yes. And, okay. So me and Gavin. <laughs> At least were, on the way there. Me and Gavin were in the front, and I love Gavin dearly. He is a he's one of my favorite friends. You hear this, Mister Beautiful Soul? But if you ever think I'm letting you navigate me around ever again in metro atlanta you got another thing coming buddy because i was stressed to the max because he was like i was like is this the right one and he was like yeah that's right 
And then I was like, okay, as it I'm in the left lane, the right and he was like, that's not right. And I was like, but you said it was right. And I was like, and he was like, no, I didn't. And I was like, you just said that's the right one. Until we got close to Atlanta, I was sitting in the back seat. Whatever music she would play, I would, you know, put myself in a movie and I'm, I'm living out the scene. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I was snoozing just a little bit. We got to kind of downtown Atlanta area and it was me going, just take a turn. <laughs> <laughs> It was absolute chaos. I made him sit in the back on the way home, and Joe had to navigate home. And he was uh, he was upset. Aww. He was he was not pleased. He's like, "What did I do?" I'm like, "I'm a good navigator because I'm old." Also, <laughs> we went to Chattanooga. Okay, so when Brian and Gavin Wait, got married, you were talking about going to Guitar Center. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. We went to Guitar Center, and I was like, "Why are we going to Guitar Center?" And he's like, "I called and asked them for their extra parts, and they said yes, but you have to come get them." So he has a guitar really? back. Nice. Did you know that when Guitar Center has a guitar that's damaged, uh-huh. the, uh, like when they get it, mm-hmm. they cannot sell it. They can't sell it as damaged goods at a discounted price. They have to destroy it for uh, an insurance claim. So I called up there and I said, hey, I know that y'all do this. Where'd all the extra parts go? They're like, the, the service department. I said, how much can I have? He said, what do you mean? I said, I like to work on stuff. How much can I have? He said, come on up here. I'll get the parts manager to get you together a bag of stuff. I got a whole box over here. I'll show you in a really? few minutes. Yeah, I got tuners and I've got I've got a loaded pick guard for a Stratocaster. It's got all the picks in it or pickups cool. in it. It's, you might, might want to edit that part out. You just gave away a secret. No, I didn't. This is public knowledge. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it. Well, you that don't. That didn't say much, though. <laughs> well, Guitar Center is probably going to go out of business soon anyways. They're not um, doing so hot. They've been close to bankruptcy for like seven years. But the, but the whole experience is really why you go to Guitar Center. Oh, yeah. It was cool. We went and lifted all the no. ukuleles and acoustic guitars. Going to Guitar Center is just like walking into another world where all you're doing is watching slightly awkward late teen to early 20 boys and play me. guitar at each other to see who's cooler. That's all it is. And then the middle-aged guys are like, just like minding their business cool, looking man. at cool guitars. And then another middle-aged guy comes up. He's like, isn't that cool? And they're like, yeah, that's cool. That's all it is. And then they stand there and stare at it. And then I walk up and I'm like, isn't that cool? And they're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. And then that's one of us will, init- will eventually go, look at that pretty purple one. And we all just kind of move about a foot to the left and look at that pretty purple one. Yeah, it's a very strange <laughs> environment. Well, it's, the electric drums there were pretty cool because you were. and I were sitting there pretending we knew what we did. Yeah. Knew what we were doing. Yeah. As I sat there, I had a serious face because you got to. Yeah. You, you got to. You got to be cool if you're going to play the drums. And then I was That's like. That's the rules. Boom, 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 boom. Doing the bare minimum for the rhythm section. That's enough for me. Wandered over to the pianos. Yeah, I did about the same. So speaking of Gavin trying to, me and Gavin trying to navigate, we went to Chattanooga after like they got engaged to like have our little bachelorette slash bachelor day. We are going to come back to the subject. Oh, we will. Yes. Because I can't go to both of their parties, right? You have to choose. So obviously I went to Brianna's. <laughs> so I was like, let's go. Because you're a girl. Yeah, yeah. that I felt like everybody knows that. I, I think some of them probably don't. Okay. It's 2022. You got to clarify. She, her. I try to itch my ear <laughs> and I forgot I had headphones you on. So I just punched myself. And the-, <laughs> the ear itches on its own. You scratch it. I'm going to cut you. Saying I have to itch my ear is a fundamentally flawed <laughs> sentence. She does. And I gave it to her. So we're on the way to Chattanooga and we're in my car. But Gavin's driving on the way there because I'm cool with driving home from somewhere I've never driven. Mm-hmm. But I am not cool with driving there because I need to know the lay of the land. And so we're driving. And I'm navigating, he's driving, I'm navigating, and we get to the exit. 
and I'm like, he's like, is that the, we're talking, and he's like, Brianna's asleep in the back seat, is that the exit? And I was like, no. We go past it, and it's like rerouting, and I was like, hey, Gavin, that was the exit. (laughs) And so we're laughing so hard, we're crying. And so we get off on the next exit to make a U-turn, and we're laughing so hard, we're crying at the exit. The light is red, and we laugh for so long that we miss the green light, and it's turned red again. And Brianna's like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, go to bed. Don't Don't worry about it. (laughs) Do not worry, because we'll get there, and we'll let you know. (laughs) We don't have a good history of driving far places <laughs> together. So I don't know why we tried to again. It ended up they were, he was yelling at me as I accidentally turned into the Children's Health Cover Atlanta parking lot. Uh. And I was like, don't yell at me. I'm doing my best. And Joe was laughing and screaming because he thought we were going to die. And Brianna was like, I'm going to pretend to be asleep because I don't want it. <laughs> she looks so disinterested. <laughs> I can picture that. Face. All right. So you found the guy that sounds like plain white tees. <laughs> No, I found the guy that sounds like the Lumineers. And then I listened to the Plain White Tees. Ah. And then I listened to Cage the Elephant. And then I listened to this band called Rival Sons, and they're really cool, but they have bad attitudes, so I don't plug them. You, you have to take did. that out. <laughs> 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 they sound cool, but their attitudes are nasty, so don't buy their music. Just listen to it on um, YouTube and stuff so they don't get money. You still get money off the number of streams. Stop it. Listen to it off some kid who republished it. Listen to the covers. Yeah. And only the covers. Honestly, you know how much money they're making from my Spotify views? Not very much. (laughs) So I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Anyway, that's all my music for the week so far. All right, folks. Now is the last moment. It is the time where we're transitioning. And we're going to give you a few minutes of something real. No, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. So now would be the time to dip out if you haven't yet, if you're not comfortable listening to this. We're going to be talking about mental health and the effect it has on people. So here we go. Nikki? Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, first of all, um, everyone experiences anxiety. Yeah. Um, there are um, many situations in life that um, come up where uh, it is appropriate and reasonable to experience some anxiety. Um, everyone can experience panic. Um, fight or flight is ingrained in us. It's it's coded into us. Um, you got to add freeze because that's mine. <laughs> fight, flight, or freeze. Um, and and it, it can mobilize a great deal of energy uh, in a very short period of time uh, for self-preservation and protection and, and whatever. So um, anyone can experience panic. Um, everyone can experience bouts of depression. Um, life is hard sometimes, and we deal with worry and um, uh, sorrow um, and stress and loss. And um, like with anxiety, it is appropriate and reasonable to um, experience depression during um, these hard times. Um, however, there is a vast difference between um, experiencing anxiety every now and then and having an anxiety disorder. Yes. Um, there is a vast difference between experiencing panic uh, in a situation um, when it is reasonable and, accept- and, in- and appropriate to do so and um, having panic disorder. And it, there is a vast difference um, between experiencing bouts of depression um, when it's hard um, and when you're having um, struggles and having major depressive disorder and Joe's already offered a warning but 
um, we're going to be dealing with the disorder side today. And so if you uh, have heard his 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 uh, warnings and are still hanging in thinking I'm going to give a little bit more detail, uh, if you are sensitive to the symptoms of panic attacks or if you are symptoms to talk of suicide, um, you might want to step away uh, because... I have been asked to share my personal story. Final warning. And it can get raw sometimes. So <laughs> just you've, you've been warned several times. So um, so January 8th, 2017 um, was a Wednesday. And that night I was in Bible class. My husband and I were teaching the middle school and high school ages. Um from the book of Esther. That was my favorite class ever. Thank you. In preparation for... Those um, are my favorite Bibles. And like upcoming... Bible Bowl. And it was our practice for us to open the class. I would read the chapter that we were going to discuss that night, and then we would, of course, discuss it. Um, and as I was reading, um, my breathing started to get labored. Um, my heart started racing and I just thought, well, this is weird. <laughs> um, and then I got really clammy. I was very, very hot to my, my skin was very, very hot, but my, in my core was freezing cold. Um, my heart started to race even faster and at the same time, there was, it felt like a vice wrapped around it and squeezing so tight that I thought it was going to burst. Um, and I couldn't figure out how it could race so fast and yet feel like it was being squeezed so tight at the same time. Um, my breathing got even more labored. I started shaking so hard that I thought I was going to just bounce right off the seat. Um, my skin got so hot that it was uncomfortable. Um, I felt like if you if you dropped water on my skin, that it would just sizzle because um, it felt so hot to the touch or to the just. I felt like it was so hot, but my core just felt like it was filled up with ice. Um, and the worst. <laughs> part of it um was there were two of me <laughs> there was the me that was sitting in the chair experiencing all of these symptoms and then there was the me standing beside and slightly behind my chair and the the standing me was watching the sitting me and she was aware of all of the sensations and, and um, thoughts and emotions that were coursing through me. And, but she was unaffected by it. And then the me sitting in the chair was completely freaked out, not knowing what was happening within my body and the fact that there's another me standing right there. Um, and <laughs> each me, <laughs> both me's, um, were completely in tune with the other. And so it was like I was 
totally absorbed and freaked out and affected and numb to it all at the same time. And every feeling, the, the, the breathing, the heart beating, the vice gripping, the cold and the hot and the shaking um, and the two me's, every single one of those had my complete attention. And yet I was aware of all of it at the same time. It was like, if you imagine an orchestra and every single person in the orchestra has a solo at the exact same time, but you can pick up each individual solo. It's, there is no way to describe it. Um, being so overwhelmed by so much and at the same, you know, at, at, and then at the same time being unaffected by it. It was <laughs> terrifying. Um, I don't know how long it lasted. I know it got to a point where I would read a word and gasp for breath. Read a word and gasp for breath. And obviously everybody in the room noticed it. One, one sweet girl even said, Miss Nikki, I can finish the chapter if you need me to. <laughs> and... Um, I wanted to scream, no, <laughs> that is the only thing making sense at the moment. Let me keep it. And so I finished the chapter. I would read a word and take a breath, read a word and take a breath. And then I just zoned out. I didn't know what had happened. I had no idea. I'd never, never heard anyone talk about a panic attack before then. Um, never had one myself, obviously. And um, so I just... I don't remember the rest of that class. I don't remember the Devo and visiting with people afterwards. I don't remember driving home that night. Um, Dave uh, had to do something after services, and so we had driven separately. And so I drove home, and he got home, and he was like, what was that? I said, I don't know. And it was several days before I could talk about it. And even then, it was just in snippets. I would tell him one sensation. And then a few days later, I would tell him another one. And then a few days later, I would tell him another one. Um, and I was terrified that it would happen again. Um, so I, I did some research, and I found out, okay, it sounds like that was a panic attack. All right, okay, cool. Not cool, but now I know what it was. Um, so people have them and go on about their lives and that's what I need to do, but I couldn't. Um, it was months before I could read from my Bible without having a panic attack. Um, It was months more before I could actually dig in and study. Um, to this day, I have not read the book of Esther again. Um, and going to the building was hard. Uh, it was all 
just hard. And after about six months, I was like, okay, this is not going away. This is not getting better. So I went to see my doctor, my family doctor. And uh, he was fantastic. And he spent a lot of time with me that day and had me go through everything. And we talked about what I had been experiencing and how it had affected me. And um, he diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and PTSD. And I haven't talked much about the PTSD because people hear that and they tend to think, you know, soldiers coming back from war or, you know, someone who's been in a natural disaster. There's a lot of things that can bring that up. Well, it's it's post-traumatic stress disorder. And the fact is trauma is anything that overwhelms the brain's ability to cope. And it's very individual. Um, What traumatizes you might not traumatize me and vice versa. So... um, He said that since it affected what he called the core of my life, I mean, I'm a preacher's wife, and I can't go to the church building (laughs) without having a panic attack. Um, I can't read my Bible without having a panic attack. It's um, very much affected the core of my life. I want to point out a verse that is often taken out of context when this is brought up. I'm sure it's... You know exactly Is what I'm going to say. Is it Philippians 4.13? Uh-uh. Okay. Matthew 6.34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient <laughs> for the day is its own trouble. First of all, that is my favorite Bible verse. Mm-hmm. But it was never meant to say you are not allowed to feel anxious, or when you do, you should not seek help. Nope. But that's oftentimes how people use it. There's this stigma that in the church you're supposed to just push through and and handle it and just do it on your own and it should not be that way because there's nothing not a single scripture that points in that direction where you just points hammer the exact through opposite but it never jesus said he came to help he came to be the physician he's there for us because we need a physician my therapist in one of our first sessions who is a preacher yeah um told me that pushing through the way you know good christians should yeah um actually made me worse <laughs> it will it made it's me worse. damaging you have to actually um, deal with things because i didn't know it, it's taken some pushing i have had to push to work toward recovery um but i pushed in the wrong way i didn't know how to push i right. had to learn how to push right um so and just reading your bible and praying doesn't always fix it. Right. Um, and my doctor diagnosed me with that, those three, and he said, okay, we're going to try this medicine. You know, sometimes after an event like this, um, you can kind of reset your brain. Um, and so he said it might take six months or a year, but let's try this. And he encouraged me to seek counseling at that point. But my stubborn self <laughs> said, I know what I'm dealing with now. I've got this medicine. I'll be all right. What verse was it you said a moment ago? Philippians 4, 19. All things through Christ all who strengthens me. through Christ who strengthens Yeah. Me. That is probably the most misused verse in the Bible. Well, that one in John I wrote a whole rant about that that we'll never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it for me. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so I started taking the medicine and... Dave said that um, it kind of helped even out my mood, but it did not help with the anxiety at all. So 
um, me being me at the end of the 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 time that he said it should work I thought well it's not gonna work so you know we're gonna quit taking the medicine and and I did and um, it you know it didn't make the anxiety worse because it, it didn't help the anxiety in the first place um, but um, that was uh, that would have been mid 19 mid 19 mid 2019 um, no 2018 so for the next year and a half I thought I was handling it I thought I was coping I thought I was was um, getting a grip on it and I wasn't at all and looking back now I can see that probably about mid 19 uh, was when my steep decline, I guess, started. Um, um, <laughs> I, I don't agree. I smell grilled cheese. I, <laughs> I smell. I smell it. I've been smelling it. At first, it smelled like biscuits, and now it's smelling like a grilled cheese. Is your wife cooking? Uh, she's got to be. Absolutely not. <laughs> when she cooks, the smell wanders down in here okay. because the register, the re, the, the return, return, is in the kitchen. Okay. I, uh, I don't smell grilled cheese. I, I don't, don't either. You smell grilled cheese? Okay. Um. So that was when your steep decline happened. Yeah. I, I um. Your timing is impeccable. Really friend. started. Yeah. Hey, laughter, laughter <laughs> at um, tense moments is helpful. The best medicine. Um, yes. <laughs> the, I, I would not go anywhere that was absolutely necessary. And if I could get out of it at all, I would. And. But you're doing so well now. I am. I had, I had to push to go everywhere. And then in 20, you know, 20 hit. And that was not a good year for anybody. And, um. We had a trip to, we went to Costa Rica in February, and we came back, and my aunt passed away. And so we went to Arkansas for her funeral, and while we were there, the shutdown started. And we came back to Georgia, and, um, you know, rode the, rode the lockdown with everybody else. And then when things started opening back up and people were starting to get out, I could not, um, I got to a point where um, I couldn't even walk to my mailbox. I could not go out on my back deck. Uh, I could not leave my house. Um, so I had gone from panic disorder to agoraphobia. And also major depressive disorder. And that is... I always thought panic attacks were the worst thing to think about and have to talk about. But it's really, it's really the depression. Because people think depressed, sometimes they just think sad. But that is not it. The shame of it is there's a lot of people who will deny the existence of any kind of mental issues. It is so, so real. There's a lot of judgment so, so that has no place because it's, it's absolutely real. When you get to a place where... You logically know that you love your husband 
and you love your children. But you are so despondent that you can't feel it. When you get to a place where you think they would be so much better off without you on their backs. When you get to a place where you just want to die. It is real. I cannot stress enough how very real it is. And if you can identify with anything that I have said, please, please, please seek professional help. Start with your general practitioner. Seek out the help of a therapist. Thankfully, I never reached the point where I was thinking about ways to end my life. But I was very close. At the time, I did not realize it. That has come with hindsight and going through everything that I have been through in the last two and a half years, or almost two and a half years. But thankfully, I realized, okay, you've tried to do this on your own and you've got to have some help with this and we knew of a preacher um, who was also a licensed counselor and so I contacted him and he got in touch with me and I started therapy on May 28th 2020 and <laughs> it let me tell you therapy is I used to envision therapy as just going and talking, you know, just having a conversation about, you know, what's on your, you know, mind and, you know, what emotions you've been having struggling with. Therapy is 24-7. You have an hour a week or every week, every other week, however often you, you, you see your therapist. Um, but you work on it for the remaining time between sessions. Because you have homework and, you know, you, you process what you talked about during your session. And and um, some of my earliest homework assignments were just walk to your mailbox. So a lot of therapy is them just giving you the tools yes, to work on. that it. is what therapy is. For me, one of the biggest things was education. Um, there are so many nuances to anxiety and depression Um and agoraphobia uh, that, I mean, you could spend hours, weeks talking about it. Um, and the science behind it is amazing. And learning all of that helped me. And my therapist learned early on that that education was very helpful to me. And so along the way, he has thrown in just very informative. He's given me books to read so I could learn about what I'm dealing with as well as giving me the tools to cope with it. Um, but the, again, it's individual. If, if you don't thrive on that kind of knowledge, then you might just get the tools. It, right. just, it just depends on, on you and your therapist and how you work together. Because it's very much a relationship. 
you've always been a pretty logical person. So um, you know. Dave and I call it, um, I have a man brain. <laughs> That's what that's, that's what, what I meant. About, yeah, <laughs> that's what he says about me. Because I'll be uh-huh. like, "Isn't this normal?" And he's like, "Absolutely not." No. <laughs> no, and and that has been something that has been very hard for me through this because I have never been emotionally driven, and there was a point where my emotions were driving the truck, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I had to learn. First of all, I had to learn to let my emotions <sighs> in because I was, I had stonewalled them for so long, that um. I just, I wouldn't let myself feel them. I didn't realize I was doing it. I wasn't doing it on purpose, but I was doing it as a, you know, self-preservation and just, but not wit- not wittingly. Um, so first I had to learn, okay, it's okay to let these in. It's okay to feel them because you got, you got to feel them to learn how to cope with them. And if, if I, I had to learn how to do that, I had to learn how to let myself feel emotions. And I have learned the wise. I know a lot of, some people, there are two, there are really two schools of thought on this. Some people think you don't need to know why in order to heal. Other people think um, you have to know why in order to heal. That again, very individualistic. Yes. Depends on the person. I would need to know why. I had to know why. And so we have figured out why. And it took a year and a half of therapy for me to even be able to handle the why um and that's that's a, that's a story i may never tell but um um i might someday i don't know it's okay to keep you to you yeah it is it was just um i had years of repressed memories i mean literally i remembered nothing about a per- what is that a particular I have another one of those in the truck for you. So, <laughs> I popped the marble out again. Someday. I know. That's why I got you another one. <laughs> I've snapped a seashell and popped the, the marble out of that one. Now, that's one of those. Um, that, that was a small coping mechanism that you got that you were able to carry around with you. Mm-hmm. So, just so you all know, there are moments here where I'm being stupid because <laughs> that's that's the choice I'm making. And just now I handed her a clamp. And what she mm-hmm. said was, it's too big, but it'd make a good fidget. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that you have dealt with it for a long time the feelings helping some way to mitigate it, some way to transfer it is to have something in your hands. So you're constantly moving. It's pushing energy somewhere else. There are different, lots of different coping techniques. And I don't know if it's because I have a man brain or what, but um, I am not very good at mindfulness techniques. Um, I wish I were, Um, but I cannot like one of them is um, five things you see, four things you hear, and you go down through your senses. I feel like I'd get distracted. Well, it's not a distracted thing. It's an, it's an, I can't, like, I remember, like, if I chose the beach, I remember what the beach looks like. I remember what the sand feels like. I remember, um, you know, taste was the last one. And, and I chose um, a nutty bar because that's our go-to beach treat. Um, we put them in the freezer and. You're talking yeah. the chocolate wafer. It's got the it's chocolate covered. Yeah, with all the individual crunchy layers. Yes, do you tear it apart one layer at a time? Yes, and I do. If they're frozen, I don't. But if they're not frozen, I do. So I can't you, get them to 
Pull you apart. said the word nutty bar, and uh-huh. somewhere in this world, my dad rolled over. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if I said oatmeal cream pie? <laughs> uh, less than the nutty bar, oh, still up there. Okay, oatmeal so cream pie is my number one. He he's a always, nutty bar and milk guy. He always uh, mentions oatmeal cream pies, though, when he asks people to bring Debbie cakes for stuff. So he I says nutty bar or oatmeal cream pie. Nutty bar is my favorite. My go-to I snack love a good to bring your dad crunch. is oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> I sent him a picture of an oatmeal cream pie cake somebody made. He's like, you going to make that for me? I was like, no, great. Gracie is the baker in our family. I should send him a picture of one right now and just say, thinking of you. <laughs> but um, he, he, but my therapist said, you know, actually see the things, actually hear the things, actually feel the things. I hadn't I touched the mouse in like 40 minutes. Oh, I can't. I cannot litter. I mean. I can't smell it. Dave, I, can't hear, I can't taste it. But Dave, if I say the word nutty bar, he can taste it. I like can he's too. got a nutty bar in That's his mouth. That's so impressive. I I'm jealous. I can you really not? How skinny would you be if you could <laughs> taste it with the thought of it? Yes. This, this skinny. <laughs> okay, well, you're not using the power, I'm 285 right? pounds. Yes, you have not you're misusing your superpower. No, I'm not. I use that power aggressively, and then my brain's like, you know what we could do, though? We could really eat a nutty bar. We get a real one. I know, but if I we tear it apart one layer at a time, we get a little rabbit nibble. To taste something without eating it, I would be like. all my cravings without having to eat it. Exactly. I'm drinking water and eating celery for the rest of my life and so i can't Not me. Do, I'm i can't biscuits i can't do it <laughs> and nutty bars and so so it doesn't work you can, can you me. even teach yourself that i feel like i, I don't know i've never asked that doesn't feel I've like a learnable myself thing so much i'm thinking i don't i don't really i just don't think my brain is wired that my way. friend sarah so wants to know brain, <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe it's maybe I need girl to ask, boy brain maybe i need to ask my because well no well no because um who is it logical well, girl brain gracie can't do it can you taste the nutty bar when you're not eating? Okay, Gracie, you can do it. What? Okay. I am thoroughly yeah. jelly and baffled. <laughs> She's yes. jelly. I'm peanut butter. So so things like that. <laughs> and that's not true. Things like that don't help me because I can't do it. I, I can't actually taste the nutty bar. So that. that I'm going to Google makes, if that's a learnable that, trait. That makes me mad. So. So right. I, it makes you mad. It makes me no, mad. It, it's frustrating. It's it kind of adds to my anxiety. <laughs> I want to eat a nutty bar without getting up and yes. getting a nutty bar. So um, if you don't, don't understand it, you need to mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I do use other techniques like well, breathing and um, the fidget. It's a it's a grounding because oh. it's sensory. Stop it. Stop it's it. Sensory. Stop you it. just smell the grilled cheese. Stop it. <laughs> Get. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> that was an asthma laugh. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. The power went out at my work today, and we had to open the doors so I could see. And oh, it, the, it let oh. all of the allergens in, and they're in mm-hmm. my chest. Tell them to leave. I've, I've been trying, but they don't want to go. Rude. They like you too much. <laughs> you have a magnetic personality. Thanks, guys. Make dander and grass <laughs> just attract to you. It's a very long story. That's just kind of the Cliff Notes version. Um, the last uh, couple of, couple of years in therapy have been hard. Um, <laughs> I told him the other day uh, that um, I, I dread it. There, there was a, there was a time when I hated it. I wanted to cancel every session because I knew that it would be hard. <clears throat> And it still is, and I still don't just love it, but it is. it has helped so much. Um, How did you feel with the, the lead-up of coming to do this? Um, didn't love it. 
<laughs> I've had probably the most anxious day that I have had uh, in quite some time. Today? Today, yes. And, um, but once I got here and got around y'all, I was fine. So. That makes me feel so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, something that's really, really, really important, especially to people with agoraphobia, <laughs> is um, feeling safe. So I have, I have. There was a time when I didn't feel safe around anybody but Dave. Yeah. And, you know, of course, of course, the kids. Um, and then we have some friends that we have been friends with for, I don't know how long. Many moons. 30 years or more. Maybe not quite 30 years. That's all of the time that I have ever had. I know, had. I know. <laughs> did you see that picture I put on Facebook the other day? Yes, y'all no, look exactly like Elijah. You were Daddy's children. <laughs> I was 15 and Dave was 21. You know what that was? <laughs> Illegal. Jailbait. <laughs> no. Careful. I hope the statute of limitations are up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were dating ish. Yeah. My brother and his sister went everywhere we did until I turned seventeen. <laughs> That's solid. That <laughs> sounds like someone watching out for 18, their sister. So yeah. Um. But um, it's been about twenty, probably twenty-eight, twenty-nine years, something like that. And um, I was able to be around them. Uh, so it got to where when I would leave the house, I would go to see them. Yeah. And then I eventually um, started having to go to stores. Uh, at first, I would just ride in the truck because just leaving the house to go somewhere local, I would have a panic attack. So I would ride in the store and I would sit in the truck <laughs> while Dave went in. Um and then I would go in for a few minutes, and the kids would walk me back out to the truck. And I would just increase my time each time. Yeah. You know, the church building, I had to, I would walk in, stay a few minutes, and leave. And the next time I would walk in, go into the auditorium, stay a few minutes, and leave. Well, that was where you had your first attack was at the church building. Yeah. And so that, that has been my hardest to conquer. And the weird thing about mental illness is it, it, it morphs. So it started, you know, you would logically think, okay, she couldn't go into that classroom. And the people that were in that classroom would give her difficulty. But it, in a very short order, it became the entire building and all the people at West Georgia. And then, well, okay, there are crowds at West Georgia. Well, there are crowds at Walmart. So if I had a panic attack at West Georgia, I might have a panic attack at Walmart, too. So let's just not go to Walmart. <laughs> well, it's Carrollton now, by the way. Or, or that's true. We're no longer West Georgia I'm Church never, of Christ. It's Carrollton Church ever, of Christ. Ever going to be able to not call it that? <laughs> My dad goes, "We're doing a." Um, he's like, "Well, West Georgia Carrollton." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's not just me. Um, so you know, so it, it, it morphs, and so I kind of started where the last bit. I mean, it, it got to where toward the end of nineteen, I, don't, I didn't go anywhere alone. And I've not been anywhere alone in a, in a, two and a half years. Has it really been that long? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, was, it was toward the end of 19 when I stopped going anywhere without. October of 2019 was the last time I was out by myself. I know it was, uh, it was all that we could do to say, hey, Dave, yeah. tell her we said hey. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't text anyone. Yeah could not call anyone. I mean, even my mom for a while, I could not talk to her. Um, I could text her, but um, if I had to text someone, I would have a panic attack, unless it was Dave. He was yeah. the only one. 
Um, so, um, eventually, I will get to where, I mean, I haven't driven in two and a half years. Uh, and, and when I think, okay, I'm going to try, then we go somewhere and a big rig creeps up beside me and I get jumpy and I'm like, okay, not yet. <laughs> you know, I, I traded my truck in today. You want to go drive my new truck? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I moved it from one driveway to another when we were on vacation last year. And that's, that's the extent of it. So, you know, it wasn't even, I barely had to press the gas. <laughs> Um, so there's, there, there's a lot. I mean, I could talk for hours about the little ways, you know, there, there are the big ways, not being able to leave my house, not being able to participate in things that I love and be around people that I love and, um, eating in restaurants. And, you know, that was all stuff that, that even last year I couldn't do. Um, but really about last October, uh, when I remembered a bunch of things and pieces clicked, uh, when I worked through that, that that was kind of my breakthrough. But it took all the therapy leading up to that for me to be able to handle those. I told Dave, I said, I don't know what would have happened if those memories had come back earlier. I really don't know what it would have done to me. This has been bad enough. I can't. <laughs> um, if it had been worse, I don't know. Um, I don't know what would have happened. With major depressive disorder, what comes is the part of your brain that understands that the value of your life is inherent, not conditional, that others around you found a lot of value in you and that they would be much worse off without you. But then that other part of you the other version of you that says they'd be so much better without me that's what wins when you have my yeah you feel worthless and you can be surrounded by people that logically you know love you but feel completely alone and have the two versions of yourself fighting like that yeah i never understood how someone could get to the point where they would take their own life. I do now. And there's a part of me that wishes I didn't. But I feel like I'm a better person for it. Yeah. I can see some good that has and can come from this uh i have opened up a little bit on facebook written some posts and first of all the care button is not enough (laughs) i need to go through the phone and give you a real care button yes (laughs) (laughs) yes the um i have had so many people reach out and say okay i can identify with this personally or my parent or my sibling or my spouse or my dear friend um, has struggled with this. Um, or people are asking me, you know, what are some tips on finding a therapist? Or, you know, I think 
you know, so-and-so is struggling with this, you know, how can I help them? Uh, and I never expected that. Um, I really started it just kind of as a way for me to heal yeah. uh, because it's a way to, I needed to be understood. And I couldn't talk to anybody face to face at the time. And so that was a way to, to be impersonally personal. I could put it out there and there was still was, a, 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 it was an illusion of an, anonymity about it. Um, uh, that's why I started all of that. But it has benefited me tremendously, not just from the outpouring of love and care and concern, um, but from being able to, in any way, no matter how small, help. If nothing else, you know, I don't feel like I'm alone anymore. I've thank you for saying this. I have suffered in silence for all of these years because I can't open up about it. I can't talk about it. You've given. I feel like you've given me a voice. And and again, that was never my intention. And and I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just talking about what I feel, what I've experienced. And I'm glad it's helping some people. One thing that I'm really excited about is this kind of chapter in the church, especially in the yeah. U.S., that's coming to a close is the one where everyone feigns perfection. Yes. There's, there's this. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that at all. I, <laughs> <laughs> that I've, personality trait actually lends itself toward anxiety disorders, by the way. <laughs> I've never been that guy. And so it's always caused me great distress that mm -hmm. so many do. There's no acknowledgement of the fact that I'm a Christian because I need a physician. Yeah. I've never been a Christian because I was perfect. Yeah. That no one who's ever come to Jesus has, has come to him because they had everything right. No. But this, this facade that people have been putting on for so long of I'm a member of the church, I have to be perfect. No, I'm, I'm struggling and I'm trying I every day. Be. Right. It is impossible for me to be without him. Right. And I knew that. Logically, I knew that. I taught that. But getting to this place where that members of the body are now to a point, and, and it's still progressing, it's still getting where people are going to be able to be honest with each other, but we're told in the Bible that we're supposed to lean on each other. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to take our problems to our brothers. We're supposed to confess our, you know, we're supposed to talk to each other about our problems. And for so long, that's been so taboo because there's... Again, this facade of perfection yeah. and the fact that that chapter is coming to a close and we're coming to a more aware generation of the church where folks are coming out going, yeah, I need the physician yes. because I don't have it all right. I absolutely adore because that period of time has been so damaging to the spiritual health of so many people, yes, not yeah. just spiritual, but mental, because if you feel like you have to maintain an image of perfection it's an unattainable goal while you're dealing with all the personal demons that everyone has there's not a soul out of here who's walking around without these personal demons you've got one on your back and i didn't name a single one but i guarantee you just thought of one the thing that nags at you your problem mm -hmm. that you can't seem to beat but the fact that we're getting to a point where we can talk about it where people are being more open about who they are mm -hmm. I think that's a, a it's a huge step in the right direction. It is. Not just for the church, but for people in general. We've gone through generations of rub some dirt on it, it'll be fine, you know? I've got it all together. I don't. 
don't either. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was I, not bragging. <laughs> no, no, I, t- I, I understand. It's um, no, in, in the first grade, my first grade teacher told my mama at my our first her first parent teacher conference, we have got to get this perfectionist streak out of Nikki. It's going to cause her problems down the road, <laughs> and try as as hard as she could, you know, it it, it stuck, and it was fostered by events that happened in my early adulthood and um it was just I never held anyone else to my standards it was completely a personal thing I felt like I had to be perfect I had to have it all together and and it just you know so there's a therapist that I follow on TikTok but he's also a woodworker and I watched one of his videos today. He said, the worst thing you can do is expect perfection of yourself. He said, what you do is you just do the thing. Whatever the thing you're doing, just do it. Mm-hmm. Do it and then do it again and do it poorly. Start out poorly as long as you start out. The idea is you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great, right? Mm-hmm. He said, do it over and over and eventually being good at it will come. Do it poorly. If all you can do, if you're struggling with depression and all you can do is rub yourself down with wet wipes because you can't foster the energy to take a shower. Been there. That's better than not doing anything. A small step that's not 100% is so much better than no step at all. There was a time I wrote out some initial thoughts and my disclaimer because I felt like that was important. There was a time I would not have come with those marked out. I would have rewritten it until there were no mistakes. And nobody was going to look at them but me. But I could not abide those mistakes. Because it reflected poorly on me. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I have started a daily Bible writing program this year. And... I'm having to make myself not go by wide out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not rewrite, not redo. When I when I mess up, it's okay to mark it out and go on. It's a work in progress. I'm much better. I'm much kinder to myself. I would never talk to anyone. I wouldn't talk to a dog that just mauled me <laughs> the way that I have talked to myself for the last 27 years. Um, but therapy's really, really helped you go along. Oh, it has helped me. Provided you with tools and the information you needed to move forward. I am, you know, I went from at my lowest point, not being able to get out of bed for days on time. Yeah. Days time. Dave would bring food if I would eat. He would bring food to the room. Um, so I have come from that to not fully back at everything yet. Man, you're doing so much I better. I have done so much more. Sunday was just, I was worn My out. My favorite day of the whole year. Yesterday, I had so much fun Sunday. You were at my house until 1.47 in the morning. <laughs> yes, I was. And that was after having lunch with y'all. I refused <laughs> to leave until y'all left. <laughs> Sarah, I love you so much. <laughs> Y'all kept going, we can go if you want. I said, absolutely not. Hang out. It was the best. I would have stayed I there mean, till my death. It, it was, I, I will never be able to tell y'all how 
much I enjoy that. I have not laughed that hard or that long. I mean, there was a time I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh for months. And the first time I laughed, I'll never forget the look on that face. He said, I have missed that. He said, you don't realize how long it's been since I've heard you laugh. And then he got his fill Sunday. <laughs> it was a great day. I was so worn out yesterday. <laughs> um, but it was 100% worth it. So uh, I've still got work to do, obviously. I'm not driving or going anywhere by myself. I do have a goal. The ladies... Uh, day at West Georgia I will be there I'm planning to be there and I will have to be there without Dave I'll sit on you if you want if that helps <laughs> you, you might need to I will um because not, not gonna lie my anxiety spikes when I think about it I get really kind of shaky well we can just um, mm-hmm. um, and it's because it's at the conjoined building. 10 twin together because yeah. I was voluntold to do some song leading and I want to yeah. vomit <laughs> <laughs> like touch my hand yeah <laughs> Oh, it's moist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, can you just like stand up where you are and just start it from your seat? I don't know, but my stomach hurts right now. <laughs> so you can sit by me and stand up and I'll hold your hand okay. from the seat. It's going to be sweaty. <laughs> That's okay. Mine probably will be too. <laughs> well, Nikki, I really want to say thank you for, even though this was nerve wracking for you to come out and talk to us. I mean, you know, you're safe with us and I, mm-hmm. and it's still nerve wracking and that's, that's part of it. But the therapy has come a long way, and it's important to note that therapy is not an overnight quick fix. Oh, no. It has given you the <laughs> tools and the information to mm-hmm. handle it on your own time because no one is going to heal overnight, and everyone mm-hmm. heals at their own pace. He said it took you so many years to get here, it's going to take you time to recover. Folks, if y'all are struggling with issues like this, there is help available. Yes. Especially in the church, there's so much comfort to be found. But even if not, there Help is available at all times. The Suicide Prevention Hotline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. And that line is open 24 hours a day, and they will help you through any struggle you're having if you give them an opportunity. Please call. Someone loves you more than at this moment you can fathom. And just because you can't feel it doesn't make it any less true. I know this week's been a little bit different, guys, but it's been real, and we feel that's important to let across. We're not perfect, and neither are you, and it's okay to acknowledge that sometimes we're going to struggle, and we can't fix it by ourselves. Here at Brain Dead, we love you guys, and we want only the best for you. Thanks for tuning in. I've been Sarah. I've been Joe. And... I've been along for the ride. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Say bye. Bye.